On Wednesday, lawmakers gathered for a joint session to count electoral college votes. The debate over Arizona's votes had just started. Republican Congressman Paul Gosar was on the mic when nearby rioters breached the Capitol. Mr. Speaker, can I have order in the chamber? The House will be in order. The House will be in order. Okay. As the events developed, we reached out to members of our Arizona delegation. We wanted to know where they were when rioters breached the Capitol, how it felt, and what they were thinking afterwards. I'm Ron Hansen, a national political reporter for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I'm also a national political reporter for the Republic. In today's bonus episode of The Gaggle, an Arizona politics podcast, we're bringing you five of those conversations. First, you'll hear from Representative Tom O'Halloran, a Democrat, who Yvonne spoke with on Thursday. Then you'll hear from three other Democrats who we spoke to on Wednesday night, Representatives Ruben Gallego, Greg Stanton, and Raul Grijalva. Then you'll hear from Republican Representative Debbie Lesko. Lesko was in her office when the Capitol was breached. She started texting her fellow representatives afterward, unsure of their safety. Ron spoke to her Wednesday night. These conversations have been lightly edited for clarity. Here's Yvonne's conversation with Representative O'Halloran. Keep in mind as you listen to this interview that O'Halloran worked as a police officer before entering politics. That means he's better prepared for such situations as the one he faced on Wednesday. Can you just sort of walk me through what this experience was like? Well, I would imagine other than uh, veterans and, and uh, other police officers, my experience with this stuff is a little bit different than the normal uh, congressperson. So uh, I had faith in our our police department, not knowing that we were so overwhelmed with the manpower issues, uh, but um, faith in them that get us out of there safely. Uh, there was uh, a high level of anxiety in the room. Uh, myself and others uh, tried to calm things down. Um, I, I think the best way to kind of, members would come up and say, what do you think? Uh, because they know our backgrounds. But, um, uh, you know, the, the people kept their calm. Uh, we were informed on a constant basis. So it took a little longer than I thought it would have taken to get out of there. But uh, uh, we were uh, kept very well informed. Uh, I think um, the anxiety level went up a little bit when uh, gas was being used out in uh, Statuary Hall, and we were told to make sure we had our gas mask available and ready. Uh, uh, a lot of people that never had a gas mask on before, so uh, Ruben Gallego was nice enough to get up and start to explain to people how to use uh, the gas masks. Uh, and, and then, uh, then they would get on again and say, you know, uh, we are going to be moving you out of this location soon. Um, and uh, they did that. It, it was uh, orderly. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, you, you, all of a sudden you, you head uh, out of that room and uh, you start to look to the left and uh, see that the doors that you normally walk through every day are not only locked, but they're barricaded with furniture and everything like that. And 
you have to have police officers with their guns drawn. Again, I'm used to it. A lot of people are not used to being in that such close quarters. But I, you know, uh, the the other, you know, and then we go down a fairly narrow stairway. Um, both uh, we were were trying to make sure Tom was Tom prevailed, and it did. And once we got to the um, room that we were uh, taken to, uh, which was uh, in one of the other buildings, um, you know, it didn't take long before uh, reinforcements came and uh, SWAT teams and uh, uh, the a level of knowledge that we were we were probably going to be safe got into the the environment. So where in the chamber, where in the chamber were you when all of this sort of went down in earnest? Well, I was ready to get uh, to speak. Uh, Okay. uh, Ruben and I still had not spoken. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, and so it it was going to be our, our time. So we were probably about, I think I judged that I was about 15, 20 minutes away from being to, to speak. So there weren't that many people in the chamber, a hundred or so, mm-hmm. uh, because you re- they were going to speak on the issue. You were part of staff or leadership, um, and uh, the gallery, though people up in the gallery had a, a whole different experience because uh, uh, they were all, they were members. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were sitting in, in this, within the space, but uh, they were in much closer proximity to the pounding on the doors. Uh, because our, the doors down in the chamber area, for the most part, are uh, fairly uh, pounding on those doors. You, you, you know that you're, you're, they would really have to do a lot of work to get through to you. But the gallery doors are, are much more uh, uh, important as far as uh, how people can get in. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of them. And there was a, uh, a lot of work to get those secured. And eventually, as you start start to see people's hands come through, and eventually ahead, you'd say, "Okay, uh, that that battle's starting to get lost." So but, uh, you, police, you you saw that? Police worked hard. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. And, and and you saw that everybody in the gallery was asked to get down below their seats, and many of them had to had to crawl uh, over to the uh, far far exit of the room. Uh, um, uh, that would be to the, oh, what corner is that? The, the southwestern corner of the room uh, from the gallery to get out. And, of course, the, the press was up there also. Uh, and uh, then get, get out of the, the situation they were all in. But uh, the, the amount of noise just increased and increased and increased. Uh, down in the main floor, uh, we were told basically that if uh, they started to, if they obviously started to harm people, you needed to get down and out of out, out of uh, the air line of fire mm-hmm. or out of uh, uh, the ability to get hurt badly quickly. Okay. Um, and they, you know, they were com- more and more police were coming into the area, but still uh, not enough to cover a room yeah. that expanse with the number of. Uh, entrances and exits. And so what is happening? Who, who are you talking to as all this is playing out? And I mean, I, I've seen a couple of photos of Congressman Gallego standing on um, a desk, handing out the, the masks. I mean, what can walk me through that? 
I mean, Ruben got right to it. Uh, you know, he he started. His first thing was to calm people down. The second thing was to uh, uh, make sure that people. Because I I can't ever remember being trained on how to use those masks, on those particular type of masks. And, and I'm sure if you've never had a gas mask on, and so there was a lot of questions. He was up there explaining things. I was trying to explain to people, you know, stay calm. Uh, some of them said, what, 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 what's going to happen when I use this? I said, well, first of all, you might never have to use it. Uh, but if you do, uh, you know, just as Ruben was saying to people on a larger scale, you know, stay calm, don't breathe too fast, things like that, which you, you do not want to do on, with, with those gas, gas type masks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, I, thought, I thought Ruben did an outstanding job. Uh, of uh, taking over that part of the situation. And uh, there were other members that had had military or police experience uh, that were trying to do the same thing. And who, what what colleagues were you speaking with or were you kind of? I can't, I'm not going to mention their names. Okay. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there were a number back back in that section of the room I was in that, uh, you know, I even went to the point where I just sat down and crossed my legs and looked at my phone and just kept every once in a while looking around to see if people were okay. Mm-hmm. Because you don't, if they're coming to you for advice, then you don't want to be the one that looks like you're in a panic. Ruben was up there doing the appropriate thing, but you, you, I need, I couldn't be going around to people and, and while he was talking and trying to do that. Uh, my job was to look at people, you okay, uh, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And if they would come to me, they did because most people know everybody's background, they say, what do you think of this? And you calm them down. And uh, for the most part, that occurred. So you wake up today, did did you wake up feeling or thinking something differently about kind of the state of of our nation? Well, it's very sad. Uh, You know, uh, I'm sad because of the the situation. Uh, I was sad uh, that people are put at risk like that. Uh, I, I was sad that uh, to find out that uh, uh, the National Guard had been denied in the first place. I was I was both sad and really upset about that. Uh, that's we're supposed to be protecting our fellow citizens and not uh, causing them to be at higher and higher risk. Um, I was happy that eventually uh, Vice President Pence did allow the uh, National Guard to come in, uh, but that was too late for the. Uh, for the disruption that occurred within the chambers and within the Capitol itself. Um, but it still happened, at least, and people were a lot safer. Um, it, uh, I, was, uh, I was upset that I find out that people are being told that there, that, uh, that there, that there was a, a need to understand that uh, this was a stolen election and all this other stuff. You know, the reality is, in that room, later on, the votes were overwhelming that the election was held responsibly. And when I got up and talked, I said, you know, folks, we have to start understanding that you have to tell the truth to the American people. Mm-hmm. That the American people, we need to respect one another. We need to have truth told to the American people. We have to make hard decisions, sometimes that, they, that they, some American people won't agree with. 
But you get, you got to get over this whole thing that everybody everything's about politics. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, by the end of the evening, you know, when you get, see the vote totals in the Senate, you know, 90, 93 or 92 to whatever is left, uh, or you see the um, uh, vote totals in the House, which was, I don't know if it was a supermajority or not. I know it was close to supermajorities in favor of... Uh, uh, and not uh, allowing uh, these uh, votes to uh, be pushed aside, mm-hmm. and, and and so that bipartisan side of it was great. But people have been deluged for weeks since this election with the fact that it has been stolen, and uh, we have a very great concern with people's faith in their government, and so, and we we have a long road to go now, and. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of what we have to do now is is to um, make sure that uh, our enemies from abroad and our allies from abroad and the people of America, that we are a stable government and we need to move forward as that and we will be better off. Now you'll hear from Representative Gallego. As you listen, bear in mind that Representative Gallego served with the Marine Corps during the Iraq War. Like O'Halloran, this meant he had some experience that could help him during riots like the one this week. And then after a little more, we started hearing pounding on the door. And then security uh, said that they deployed tear gas and they wanted everyone to get their um, gas masks ready. So, of course, we started uh, opening up the gas mask containers. Um, I was kind of giving directions to some of these people. Eventually, it looked like we were going to get overrun. So they started evacuating people from the floor. And uh, eventually, they moved us to a secure location after running, not running, but getting us through the hallway. And as I left and I looked over my shoulder, I saw the crowd that was actually trying to break through uh, the speaker's lobby. Um, they were, it was clearly a mob and they were moving like a mob. The, um, the, the sounds and, and the presence of these, uh, rioters, could you see them? Was it only audible? Could you hear the sound? It was audible and then on my, on my way out, I was the last member to leave the floor. So I just want to make sure everyone got out. Uh, I, I took a picture of them actually. Yeah, I saw that. And you can hear them pounding on the door. Mm-hmm. Um, you obviously have seen what a true war zone is like. Uh, compare what happened today to like other dangerous situations. You know, there's nothing scarier than a mob. They are literally, you know, they, it gets its own mentality. And if it gets momentum, it can be extremely uh, dangerous. It becomes a hive mind. And I felt... Um, you know, that if they had broken through that either um, security, because there were still so many members left, that they were going to have to, uh, I think they're, I thought they were going to have to shoot them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, so was I, was it scary? Look, it's different than combat when people are actively shooting at you. But, you know, this was scarier in the sense that there's nobody... There's too many people there, you know, that, that just weren't trained, right? 
all these members of Congress aren't the Marines I served with that I knew I could trust in a, in a bad situation. Um, and so in that regard, it's not that I was scared for myself, but I was scared for that. Right. Um, the evacuation, did it, was it orderly? Did it seem to be like according to what should have been good practice or was it just, you know, no, get out? No, they, need to, they need, they need to figure they, they need to, they need to move us. They just, the way that they did it was not as great in terms of communication. Um, and it caused some this panic. Um, the uh, just the whole defense of the Capitol area itself. Do you have a sense uh, at this point as to the performance of the Capitol Police or any of the other law enforcement? Right now or then? Well, you know, your sense now of how they handled the whole day, it, yeah. was this avoidable? It, it was avoidable. Um, the, the defenses that they had were, were slim. And I was surprised when I walked out because I noticed that there was no uh, higher barriers to manpower wasn't increased. Uh, you know, there was just nothing there. And, you know, my, uh, fiance wanted to come this week and I told her not to just cause I felt that something was going to happen. Um, and I guess I was right. The next person you'll hear from is representative Greg Stanton. So I am just really looking for a firsthand account of sort of how this played out uh, from your vantage point and then your reaction to all this. Okay, I guess I'll start with my vantage point. So, you know, Arizona was the first state that was challenged. So our delegation was on the House floor um, when when we were first told that there had been a breach uh, of the Capitol by the Capitol Police. Uh, you know, Ghost, uh, Congressman Gosar was just kind of finishing up. I was next up. I was going to be the next speaker uh, defending the the voters in Arizona and opposing his objection to the selection of our uh, of our electors. Um, and so there was a short break, uh, there was recess, and the leadership uh, was taken by their security details. Uh, we continued, though, for a short while uh, until it became apparent that the breach was going to reached the Capitol. We heard banging on the doors, so they, they, you know, they had locked the doors, but, uh, but we heard people banging on the, uh, on the, on the doors. Mm-hmm. So at that point, um, they said we are adjourning again. And then, um, the Capitol police uh, instructed us at one point, sorry, they, they instructed us that we should probably get down on the ground and, and, and kind of try to even get below our chairs if we, if we can. Um, and then, um, they did instruct us to get out the gas masks uh, because they were, utilizing gas on some of the protesters. So let me stop uh, you there. Or the, I should say rioters. I'm sorry. But let, go ahead. let me stop you. So at this point, where were, where were you standing or where were you? I was were, in the middle of the Capitol behind, right by one of the podiums. I was okay. about to get up and get my little my, my right. minute talk about, which I'm going to give later on tonight. We're going right. back to the floor. But anyway, so, so I was right in the middle of the Capitol, I would say, you know, right in the middle of it. So, I, and if you know, if people don't realize how small the, the, the house floor actually is. You know, mm-hmm. so I was in the middle of the house floor, behind one of the podiums, about to get up and, and give my talk about why I was defending the the voters of Arizona. And we we heard the banging on the doors and instructed to get out the gas mask. And what? then ultimately uh, said we had to get out of there. And and by the time we got out of there, uh, we were told that they were 
the riders were pretty close behind us. So uh, I think the cameras were really only capturing who was speaking at the time. So how far away or kind of uh, how far away were you from Gosar? I was probably 20 feet from Gosar. Okay. And so very close. When they said to get the gas masks, those are how did you? They're below our chair. So every seat in the on the house floor uh-huh. has a has a little container that has a gas mask uh, in it. Okay, no matter where you're at, so it didn't matter. Like it wasn't assigned to you; it was just wherever you no, were. No, right, exactly. Every okay. seat has one. Correct. Okay, yeah. and then what did the what did the pounding on the door sound like? I mean, people that were trying to jam their way in. Yeah, so it was clear that these that the that they had breached the Capitol. We you know we we didn't. We had heard that they had breached the Capitol uh, uh, building, but we didn't know where they were or anything like that. I know some people were able to follow it on, I guess, social media. But since I was next up to speak, I wasn't following on social media. I was getting ready to deliver my remarks. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but obviously, they were, we were told by Capitol Police that there had been a breach. They thought they could handle it. I, I assume they thought they could handle it first because we did continue with the business of the House of Representatives for about you know two or three more minutes. Then we started hearing the banging, and that's when they uh, they said it was time for us to to leave. And what were you thinking as all of this is is going on? Are you thinking I'm going to get my my what I have to say out and and then leave? Are you afraid? Are you like what's going through your mind? Are you texting your wife? Are you uh, not not at that point? Uh, look, honestly, at that point, myself and probably most of the other members on the House floor. We're not aware of the the size of the breach, the number of people that had successfully breached mm-hmm. uh, the the, um, uh, the Capitol. Obviously, when the, the Capitol Police, well, you know, at first they had the leadership was escorted out. Yeah. Um, so at that point, you get a sense. Obviously, this is escalating into a much more serious situation. Obviously, when they ask to get out the gas mask and be prepared because they may need to use tear gas to uh to quell the riot um you know that sends another signal and then when you hear the 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 banging on the doors they're trying to get in obviously at that point you realize just how serious this issue uh, is and i was certainly glad at that point that they decided that we needed to evacuate and get to a secure location and what were you thinking what what emotion were you feeling (laughs) Well, you know, look, uh, your adrenaline is certainly is pumping. I'm looking around to make sure my people that I know uh, are able to get out of there as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I was a little bit away from Congressman Grohalve and some of the others, and I want to make sure that they had a chance to get out uh, uh, ahead of me. So, you know, you're, you're looking around and seeing, what is there anything I can do to be helpful? Uh, mm-hmm. Anything I can do to help uh, the situation? But ultimately, you know, the Capitol Police are in charge at that point, so you need to follow the instructions of the Capitol Police. Okay. And then what happened? So the answer is, you know, was it a scary moment? Yes, of course. It was a scary moment. Okay. So you go to a secure Uh, location. By the way, as we were, as we were, as I was still on the house floor, but just about to leave the house floor because, you know, there was a large number of people trying to get into a relatively small space. So it took a little bit of time to get out the house floor. Mm -hmm. That's when I heard reports of shots fired. I wasn't, I didn't hear any shots, but I, heard uh some individuals talking about the fact that there had been shots fired okay obviously sadly that turned out to be true okay all right and then apparently where the where the shots fired occurred was fairly close to um where the house floor is jeez um and then did you guys just watch this or monitor this from your secure location 
Yes. Uh, so we were we were taken to a secure location. Myself, members of Congress, and staff. Mm-hmm. And you know, literally, I'm I'm in my office right now. But I was in that secure location for hours <laughs> mm-hmm. while they uh, wanted to make sure that everything was uh, safe and mm-hmm. cleared everything out. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, most people have their cell phones or whatever, so people were monitoring uh, the news or in you know, obviously in my case, talking to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of people obviously are hearing about this, so they're sending well wishes. And then also, we want to monitor what's uh, going on, and we wanted to put out a statement letting people know that uh, that I that I was safe. Okay. Okay. I mean, what's your reaction to all of this? I'm shocked and angered. I mean, look, there's a direct line between President Trump's rhetoric and what happened in the United States Capitol. There's a direct line between his encouragement of this type of behavior and what uh, what occurred. So I'm really uh, I'm 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 angry that uh, that. It's such a dangerous situation uh, occurred because of there's a direct line between his rhetoric and that. So I'm I'm very angry uh, about it, uh, and it was completely unnecessary, uh, completely unneeded. And if the, if the purpose of the violence was to try to stop the United States Congress from doing our business, mm-hmm. I'm you know I'm I'm going to go to the couch floor in just a few minutes and deliver the very remarks. Um, maybe a few edits, but you know, deliver mm-hmm. deliver those remarks, uh, deliver remarks that I was going to give before they start. So that so in terms of accomplishing any goal of stopping the United States Congress from doing our business, they'll have completely failed in that regard. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, no. I guess that's a I'm still kind of. A, grappling with it myself <laughs> you yeah. have to go through yeah. uh, such a such a scary um, uh, uh, a scary moment but um, this should not happen in the United States of America here's Ron's conversation with congressman Raul Rihalva Yeah, so I saw your uh, your speech that you gave on that, and then Paul Gosar was in the middle of his, and you know that's when it just seemed like um, everything kind of went crazy on us. We're banging on the doors, and then uh, we were advised that the um, the capital, the rotunda, had been breached, and that they were heading toward and into other offices and uh, that's when they started to um, organize us to get out. They did pass out gas masks, you know? Mm-hmm. Because, uh, I think they used gas in, in the rotunda to disperse the people. The police did. And here we are, you know, and so then we're going to try to go back sometime tonight and finish it today, you know? Yeah. Before midnight. So um, you uh, you've been there a while. Uh, you Never. Ha- have you seen anything that even begins I to mean, compare? You know, we've we've had um, sixty thousand uh, march for a comprehensive immigration report reform. No, n- nothing. Okay, and the arrests that did happen were nonviolent and voluntary. I mean, you know, I and others chose to be arrested, but it wasn't. No violence and not anything like that. You've seen the other demonstrations, no violence, okay? 
and uh, and here today, you know, uh, stirred on by uh, the president of the United States, uh, uh, it was seen as a uh, it, it was something else tonight. So where were you when all of this started to happen? Were you still in the House chamber? Were you out in the hallways or in your office? Yeah, because I was going to close, you know, toward the end of our time. Mm-hmm. I was going to close, you know. Okay. And uh, so then it was going to be, Stanton was up next from our side. Right. Then Mr. O'Halloran, okay. Then Mr. Gallego. And then between them, Denny Hoyer. And in between there, we had given time to Liz Cheney and another Republican, Roy. Uh, and they were they were going to speak as well. And then when that was done, after Hoyer, I was going to get up and, and close. Yeah. That's, so Wait, Was that was, based was on your seniority? or huh? Was that based on your seniority in home state? That's because I'm the dean of the delegation. Right. That's, that's involved seniority, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a polite way of saying it. but <laughs> Call it a dean, would you? There, there you go. <laughs> Um, did you did you all feel like you were in any danger at any point was it just disconcerting or they passed out the gas mask and when this rush to get us out and I had by the time I came back I got to the restroom and I by the time I walked back in they were barricading the doors with furniture to tell you the truth okay and I, I said, and so they said, get in, get in the chamber. Remember, the, the Capitol Police put me in there. And I just come back, and they were already being escorted out, so I was one of the last members to leave, right? And so I was behind, and uh, the, the, the Capitol Police were kind enough to uh, put me in those roller chairs and scoop me down the hall as fast as ever. But I think I got, I think if there's any point where you, you become concerned, for lack of a better word, is, is they passed out the gas mask, the pounding on the doors, and, and the frenzy that that created among law enforcement to get us out and to, and, and to protect us. And you could hear the pounding on the doors? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about the others uh, from Arizona? Did, did Was there any reaction from any of them, uh, Gosar or Biggs or anybody like that that you recall? No, everybody just had to get out. I mean, I think we could, I, uh, regardless of where they, anybody stood on this position, the, the fundamental uh, issue is that, you, is that everybody uh, you know, were concerned for, for themselves and for the people that were in the chamber. And I, I would include them as well. I mean, they look scared. And finally, here's my conversation with Representative Debbie Lesko. I knew that the Capitol Police had a plan to keep us safe, but at that time, I was like, okay, once we're done voting, and if there's a whole bunch of protesters everywhere, we need safe transport to back to where we live in D.C. so that, you know, we can go to our D.C. home. That was my emphasis at the time, because I knew this was a powder keg ready to explode. Uh, So let's talk about that for just a minute. Like, what gave you the sense that this was a powder keg at this point? Was was it anything that you saw? Was it just the general feeling that you, you had been picking up? Or 
Well, it was a combination of uh, people emailing me, uh, calling me, messaging, Twitter. Um, there was a lot of disinformation out there. Uh, a lot of people really believed that what was going to happen today is that um, Biden electors were totally going to be overturned and Trump was going to stay in office. So I was trying to um, explain the process to people. And so we sent out a mass email. I told my staff, we need to start educating uh, my constituents on how this process worked because there were so many theories of what was going to happen and, and many of them were inaccurate from very good people. You know, some people I've known for years uh, it just thought that the process was totally different. Uh, for example, um, you know, people thought that each state had a vote and that there were more Republican states than uh, Democrat states, and therefore, uh, you know, it was going, you know, Trump was going to stay in office. Um, other people really believe that the vice president was able to just decide after they heard debate. And this was coming from very rational people, some people that I've known for years. And so I knew that this was going to cause uh, a real problem when people, well, I thought it was going to wait, quite frankly, till people, the likelihood of, on um, you know, um, overturning the electors was almost zero because the Democrats control the House, and I don't think people realize that. And so that's why I texted people. I uh, We put it out on social media. I did a mass email uh, trying to explain the process. And unfortunately, um, I think Twitter and uh, other social media forums, people are just saying all kinds of things that are inaccurate. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened today. Um, I think I saw you in the chamber at the time when this started to go nuts. Is that the case or was it someone else or where were you when this kind of really went crazy? I was not in the chamber. Okay. I was intending to go to the chamber and I was walking that way. And then I, my staff told me that Speaker Pelosi was only allowing the members on the floor that were intending to speak, and I was not intending to speak. And so I went back to my office and was watching it uh, on my TV, watching the debate very closely, taking notes, and all of a sudden, I just, well, first of all, we were getting all kinds of alerts on our cell phones from uh, first the Madison office building, then the Cannon office building, was being evacuated and people were being told to uh, come over to another office building and I mean all kinds of alerts were going on and and so I'm like trying to listen to the debate while my phone is going off my cell phone with all kinds of alerts uh, and then I was watching the floor and saw people scrambling like somebody yelled out I couldn't hear what it said and People were scrambling, and I I ran to the other room. I really did, and I said to my chief, what just happened? Something is happening, and, you know, nobody really knew what was happening. We later found out that some protester got in, I guess, into the balcony, 
and uh, yelled something. Uh, and then they started evacuating people, and it all went downhill from there. Yeah. Did you feel unsafe, or did it just feel like, you know, chaotic, or how dangerous I, I did it seem? I, I definitely feel unsafe, mm-hmm. most definitely. And I said that I, I actually was on a media interview last night, a local uh, Arizona media interview last night, and I said, I am very concerned for my safety and the safety of uh, the members of Congress and the, the senators, because if, you know, reports are that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are going to come here and descend on Washington, D.C., and I knew how much misinformation is out there based on just the people that contacted me, people that I know that are normally very, you know, uh, calm people. And uh, so I knew that this was a powder keg, and that's why I I brought it up to leadership in a, actually a conference meeting uh, that we had yesterday, saying, "We, you guys, please come up with a plan yeah. on uh, how to keep us safe." Um, yeah, you know. But I have to say, I imagine most of the people, the vast majority of the people, I would assume. I don't know. I'm not out there of these uh, people milling around in, in Washington, D.C., are, are peaceful people. But then, of course, you have all these people breaking in windows and uh, going up the stairs of the Capitol. Those obviously are not peaceful. Yeah. How close do you think that you really were to something that was getting out of hand? I personally was not close, okay. but I saw I saw that Andy Biggs and Gosar were on the floor, right? And I saw that Ruben Gallego and I think Raul Grijalva were on the floor, and then of course you know those are just the ones from Arizona. So I was watching and I saw them, so I was concerned about them. I even I even texted um, Kirsten Cinema and asked, "Are you safe?" You know because. You know, I didn't know if everybody was safe and what was happening. I mean, this is, uh, this, and then when some of the media, um, some of the TV media starts saying stuff like, uh, where are you? You know, they're interviewing uh, members and I go, where are you? Are you in the tunnels, you know, to the house? (laughs) And I was like, stop telling people (laughs) about how to get to different places. I, it, uh, because, uh, this could, uh. Uh, you don't know what to what to expect. Yeah, I mean, when the when the Capitol Police tells us to stay away from our windows, then you get a little worried. That's all for today's episode of the Gaggle. Keep following our coverage of yesterday's insurrection at azcentral.com. We'll have more information there. And stay tuned for more from the Gaggle. In next week's episode, we'll look at what Wednesday's pro-Trump mob means for Arizona and Arizona's Republican Party. And if you're interested in finding me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's bonus episode was produced by Katie O'Connell with help from Marisa Dominguez. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more.